it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back. What a weekend we just had. SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver 36 are in the books. And it is just me tonight. The man behind the Twitter of above, above the ring. My name is Scott. And I will explain to you why I am the only one doing this post show today. It is because I beat the brakes off of everybody else this weekend. If you listen to our Go Home show, everybody had their own picks for this show. Well, your boy here went perfect. SummerSlam night went 9-0. and We tossed out the women's title from SmackDown because Sasha was not there. We changed the whole philosophy of the match. So it didn't feel right for anybody to get a win or a loss because it was a completely different matchup. But we'll get to that once we start talking about the results. As for NXT TakeOver, three of us went four and two, but the cumulative stats, I finished out at 13 and two. This is by far my best weekend of wrestling that I've ever had in my life and I've watched it for 30 years doing picks for the last I don't know a year and a half or so now I was very excited last night <laughs> um, on uh, on Saturday um, and I think I was 11 and though or 12 and 0 before I got my first loss during NXT takeover so it was pretty it was pretty entertaining uh, it was a nice little run. Uh, but the streak did end because, you know, all streaks do. So let's just get right into it. We'll kick things right off with SummerSlam. Our first match that was during the pre-show that none of us knew about. I kind of had a feeling they'd, they'd drop a match in there because that's what they tend to do. It was between Big E and Baron Corbin. Big E picks up the victory and gets his Money in the Bank briefcase back from Baron Corbin. Corbin continuing to develop into this, for lack of a better term, a bum. And um, it's, it's been probably some of his best work. Uh, he's completely dived into this character and is doing a fantastic job with it. So all the props to him for that. Our first match on the actual... SummerSlam card 
was for the Raw Tag Team Championships. RK Bro getting the win, much to the chagrin to my buddy Sam over at Know the Ropes, who was in attendance. He had told me that he would walk out of the stadium if RK Bro won. And I called him on his bluff. <laughs> so I knew he wasn't going anywhere. But Big props to Randy and Riddle for getting this done. I even got the double pose at the end, like I've been waiting for for months. This was a great, great way to kick off the show. Uh, that was followed up by the matchup between Miss Bliss and Eva Marie with Dewdrop. This was a short and semi-sweet match uh, with Miss Bliss getting the win. We then moved on to our first title match. Uh, I'm sorry, our second title match of the night for singles title. Damian Priest picking up the win over Sheamus to become your new WWE United States champion. I thought I just had a feeling this was so due for him. Sheamus has been doing a wonderful job as champion. One of the MVPs of the Thunderdome era. He truly deserves a bump up the card and should be in line at some point for a heavyweight title. That's what I hope. So hopefully that, that happens for, uh, for him, but for Damien, congratulations on becoming the new United States champion. We moved on then to the SmackDown tag team championships, the Usos taking on and defeating the Mysterios this was a good match, too. Um, about 11 minutes. Uh, but it was fast-paced, obviously. With the Mysterios, it's going to be pretty quick. But the Uso is able to retain. The bloodline continues to hold on to all of their gold. Now, this is where things got interesting. The next matchup was supposed to be Bianca Belair taking on Sasha Banks, with Bianca being the SmackDown Women's Champion. The ring announcer announced that Sasha Banks was medically unable to perform tonight. So in her stead, we were supposed to get Bianca Belair versus Carmella. Now, the crowd, crowd wasn't too happy with this. Be just straight on this with you guys. 50,000 people, you can, you can literally feel the air just leave the arena. And it's sad. It's kind of, I feel bad for um, for Carmella. Um, yes, Bianca did beat her the night before, so we didn't really know what to expect here. However, our first surprise of the night, we heard that familiar music and the man came around, Becky Lynch, has returned to the WWE. She made her triumphant return came into the ring, essentially dispatched of Carmella, threw her to the outside, threw her into the steps, and just left her laying. Climbs in the ring, gets herself a mic, tells Bianca, I think you and I should have a, have a bout for this uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca, after a few moments of uh, trying to collect her thoughts, she agrees and if you blinked, you might have missed it. Becky hits 
one move and pins Bianca. 27 seconds. Becky Lynch is your new SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, from a personal standpoint, I liked the move. It was bold. Yes, it was a decision <laughs> that was made. It, this can go many ways. There are a lot of stories that now can be told from this. Obviously, Bianca didn't expect Becky to show up. Very excited about it. She was unprepared for her opponent. Caught off guard. There are a thousand ways to spin this. But the best part about this is now this is the beginning of a feud because Bianca now will obviously get her shot to go back at Becky. Which, where Sasha Banks comes into all this when she returns, I don't know. But this is going to be good. A lot of people were not happy with this. And I can understand why. Bianca's been dominating since WrestleMania, running through everybody. And then to have her drop the title in 27 seconds, yeah, it could leave a bad taste in your mouth. But I asked those people who were upset about it to just have a, an open mind for it. SmackDown has been doing a phenomenal job of telling stories and delivering great matches. Let's see this unfold and let's see what happens before we fully judge this. I'm actually excited about this. I mean, it's great to see Becky be coming back in now. I think she's a five-time champion. That's great. I, I, I applaud her. That's awesome. But the story that her and Bianca Belair are about to tell, I think could be one of the best things that happens to Bianca. Because remember, she's still so young. She's going to be doing this for a long time, folks. Now, and Becky just returned, you know, from her, her pregnancy, and she's going to be around for probably a little while as well. So there's plenty of time for that, for, for championships to be held longer and more title runs for Bianca. Believe me, this woman's going to be more than a multi-time champion, more than a two-time champion. I can guarantee that before her career is over. Um, as long, obviously, as long as she stays healthy, I, I can almost guarantee she'll be double-digit champion before she's all said and done. She just has that star power. She gets it. So just an open mind. That's all I'm asking everybody to have right now. We then shifted gears and went to our grudge match. Drew McIntyre taking on and defeating Jinder Mahal in another quick match. This is only a little under five minutes um, it was kind of obvious with Veer and Shanky being banned from ringside that Jinder was in trouble. <laughs> and sure enough, he was downed quickly. And that's fine. So we've wrapped up that storyline and we move on. We then had our triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship with Charlotte Flair becoming a 12-time women's champion, defeating both Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley. She taps out the former champion, which is a little anticlimactic for her title reign. The crowd seems to be turning on Nikki A.S.H., and I feel like this might also be a premature decision. She just started this. Let her have her time to grow into it more. 
Yes, she became champion. People want to say maybe she's a transitional champion for Charlotte to get the title back. Who knows? I don't know what's going on at this point. Just, just let it grow. That's, that's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. After that, we had, which undoubtedly for me is match of the night. Edge versus Seth Rollins. We got Brood Edge, the entrance, which with the fire and everything, and it's just, it was, it was magical. I love that so much. The match itself was just a clinic. It was, it was damn near perfect. Edge getting the win by submission was great. I f- firmly believe that this is the beginning of a of a nice trilogy between these between these two. So, um, Extreme Rules is the next pay per view that will be coming up in September, I believe, on the twenty sixth. They said. So I can guarantee they're probably going to have another match there, and then we'll go on, which I believe would whatever October's is going to be. Um, normally that's Hell in a Cell, but I already had that, so I'm not 100 percent sure what that next view is after September. So we'll see when we get there. Our next match was for the WWE Championship, with Bobby Lashley retaining over Goldberg due to referee stoppage. Goldberg's knee. Uh, had some severe problems during this match, whether he blew out his knee or something during the match itself, Goldberg was not able to get up and the ref had the call for the stoppage. Um, We did, however, have some extracurriculars afterwards as Bobby uh, grabbed himself a steel chair and repeatedly smashed Goldberg's leg, which then caused Goldberg's son to get in the ring, which was the first problem. Bobby then clearly responded to it by dropping dropping Gage and then throwing him in the hurt lock. And then MVP noticed who it was, told Bobby to stop. Bobby got out of the ring, and then Goldberg realized what had happened, crawled over to his son. So clearly this isn't over either. So we'll see what happens with the injury and if they have themselves a rematch come like three rules, we'll see. Lastly, our main event of the evening, which was also a phenomenal match, Roman Reigns taking on and defeating John Cena by pinfall to retain his Universal Championship. But then, as Roman was celebrating, the Beast... Brock Lesnar returned. And by God, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. People said he looked out of shape, which I thought was a bunch of crap. <laughs> I thought he looked great. At the, the ponytail was a nice little ad. Um, and he just gets in. Paul Heyman looked like he saw a ghost. They both quickly leave the ring to leave Brock by himself, who then, I guess, after, actually not I guess, but after the show went off the air, he went, found Cena, um, laying on the ground on the outside, took him in, and uh, delivered him to Suplex City. Not once, not twice, but a whole bunch of times. (laughs) Um, Leaving the crowd happy, but obviously 
Brock is the next challenger and will definitely be the biggest challenge for Roman Reigns. Overall, this was a really good, I thought it was a really good SummerSlam. I'd probably give it somewhere in the in the B range, maybe an 80, maybe the, I'll just give it a flat 85. Um, there were some matches that were a little meh, um, but Overall, I thought this was a solid card, and I uh, look forward to what Extreme Rules brings us next. We then shift gears and we move over to Sunday night's NXT TakeOver 36. We had six matches on this card, including one that was on the pre-show, which was Ridge Holland taking on and defeating Trey Baxter in a quick one minute and 45 second match. <laughs> just complete domination by Ridge, which is great because the man just needs to continue to be built up. And it's just good to see. We then went on to the actual show itself. The opening match was Cameron Grimes, Ted DiBiase taking on LA Knight, the million dollar champion. Caveat for this match is if Grimes lost, DiBiase would become early Knight's butler. But thanks to some outside interference by Ted DiBiase, that did not happen as Cameron Grimes drops his finisher, Kevin, and that was it. Cameron Grimes is your new million dollar champion. Crowd exploded. All is right in the world when it comes to the million dollar championship. And it was just, it, this was a fun match to watch. Our next match after that was for the NXT Women's Championship. Raquel Gonzalez defeated her former best friend, Dakota Kai, in a fantastic match. I thought Dakota looked really good in this match. Obviously, Raquel did as well with Raquel retaining. However, we got ourselves another surprise. As former NXT UK Women's Champion Kaylee Ray made her debut, or maybe re-debut in NXT after this match is over, signaling to Raquel that she's next on the line. So that will be a fun match to see. Up next, for me personally, easily the match of the night, Ila Dragunov taking on Walter for the United Kingdom Championship. And in the shock of all shocks, Ilya submitted Walter. This was absolute brutality at its finest. I was able to see the first match maybe about 30 minutes before NXT TakeOver started tonight. And I, I've watched wrestling for 30 plus years. And I felt uncomfortable watching that first match. This one, while it wasn't as brutal, it was just as good in a storytelling way. And the crowd actually amplified that by like 20. <laughs> it was fantastic to see. I was really surprised that Walter's first loss in WWE, well, I should say in NXT, was via submission. I did not expect that. So that's even more of a prop to Ilya. So I look forward to seeing what the czar 
has has for his reign as NXT UK champion. Our fifth match, which was a bit of a surprise to me, I expected this to go on last, was the two out of three falls match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, baby. Now, obviously, with everything, the rulers, the rulers, <laughs> the rumors swirling that this would be Adam Cole's final match in NXT as his contract expired, essentially the moment takeover ended. And this match went all three falls with Kyle O'Reilly getting the 2-1 victory, submitting Adam Cole in the steel cage while handcuffed to the top rope. I felt a little underwhelmed by this. Um, While I did pick Cole to win, I had a feeling if this was truly Cole's last match, he would go out on his back because that's technically what happens when you leave to go either to make the main roster or to another company. Who knows what's going to happen with Adam Cole? We don't know if he's signed any contracts. The dirt sheets have been saying certain things, but they've been wrong before. So we'll never know. We'll have to wait and find out, see what happens. But as of right now, he might be a free agent. He could show up on a certain television show on Wednesday night. Or he could show up on Monday or Friday or maybe even Tuesday. Who knows? We'll find out. Maybe he'll take some time off. I don't know. I wish him the best wherever he is. And uh, he said it himself. He's a once-in-a-lifetime superstar. And I fully agree with that. I am all aboard the Adam Cole baby baby ship. It's just, let's go. Wherever he goes next, he's going to be great. And I can't wait to see it. Our main event of NXT, though, was for the NXT Championship with Samoa Joe making history, becoming the first ever three-time NXT champion by defeating the undefeated in NXT, carrying Cross, once again, not having Scarlett by his side. I understand the continuity now with him being on Raw and on NXT, although I feel after this match, he will no longer be on NXT and he will shift firmly over to Raw, which uh, I personally believe should have waited until he lost tonight before he debuts on Raw. Because since he's lost Scarlet in his entrance and everything, he's lost his mystique to me. And it's unfortunate because his entrance was probably the best thing that happened. Now, it's funny because Adam Cole said basically the same thing. You need all this pageantry to, you know, make yourself look like a big deal. But with Adam Cole, the only thing you need to do is ring the bell. And uh, I, I thought it was maybe just a heel thing, you know, just a, a great heel line to say, but it's unfortunately being true. And I kind of feel bad, but it is what it is. So Samoa Joe making history. And that's how our weekend wrapped up. Folks, this was a good night of wrestling or a good weekend of wrestling. 
and we all start again come Monday. Raw kicks off 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be here doing my Raw review, live tweeting with you guys. Appreciate you all for listening. I look forward to seeing what's next as we now roll on towards Extreme Rules. And then here on after, NXT seems to be shifting gears into whatever its next chapter is going to be. Uh, This has been talked about and seemingly acknowledged tonight, um, meaning Sunday, um, by the commentators saying how Joe will now lead NXT into its next chapter. So I guess if we're going full developmental again, then it is what it is. So I wish NXT the best. I will obviously still be watching, still be live tweeting with everything. But we'll see where their future leads. But if you guys don't already, please follow us on Twitter with our new Twitter handle of Above the Ring. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all as Above the Ring. You can find myself pretty much everywhere at Study G Stream, and you can find this podcast on every podcasting platform that's out there. Uh, if you have one that we're not a part of, just let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way you can uh, do your one-stop shopping and add a little bedlam in, you know, in your day from Above the Ring. Again, my name is Scott. I'm the man behind Twitter of Above the Ring. I appreciate you all for being here, listening to this. For myself, my partner Sam, and the boys over from Back to the Ring, Zach and the Riddler, we wish you a wonderful evening. We thank you so very much, and we will see you guys next time. Have a wonderful evening. Don't forget also to join the Bedlam and ship it. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.